The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, college pod up in a minute. Man, oh man, more crossfires, two on ones than I've ever seen. And it got heated. Speaking of action, sportsbook bet DSI. Special offer here. Bell 101, B E L L 101. 20 years online. Reputation for great service, fast payout. And they have special. Offers on first deposits. That's right. And those bonuses, yeah, you got to play through and all that and make sure, you know, you can get the specifics from BetDSI. But if you're going to be playing, and here's what I always say. If you have three outs, yeah, fourth out's good, but you're going to pick up a modest amount. But if you only have one out, or two outs, two places to play, one place to play. The difference, adding that second, adding that third, is literally night and day. All those half points means significant numbers of units and whatever amount you bet per unit, think about it, in a given football season, in a given year. And March Madness, remember, right around the corner after the football season. BetDSI.com. Bell, B-E-L-L, 101 is the promo code for the special offer. On to the podcast. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. College Football Podcast Week 13. Let's make it a lucky 13. I'm joined by the wise guy roundtable. To my left, Brad Powers. In front of me, Steve Fezzik. To my right, feeling confident, Ken Thompson. I'm RJ Bell. A lot of you guys, a lot of questions out there saying, hey, Thanksgiving, you guys taking the week off probably? No. In fact, a bonus pod this week. Here's the way it's going to go. Wednesday, early, early. The Thursday Thanksgiving pod only. That's going to be the three NFL games set off by itself. Then a couple hours later, by 11 a.m. on Wednesday, the release of this pod, the college football, which is Friday and Saturday action. Oh, by the way. We got multiple best bets on Friday's action, and that will be at the end of the show. And then, as usual on Thursday, we're releasing the NFL other than the Thanksgiving game. So three pods broken up for your convenience. Now, something that hasn't been a good thing for anybody named RJ. What a bad run I've had on these college picks We always got to do it. I don't want to do it, but we got to do it. Let's get a recap. Hi, I'm Brad Bowers. Last week I went 1-0, up 200 bucks, and for the season, up (sighs) $1,570. 
Hi, I'm Steve Fezzik. I went 0-1-1 last week. I lost $200. Year to date, I am 12-12-2, but somehow, despite being at $500, i have lost $850. Oh, that's Fez. You know Vegas, man. You got to pay the big, pal. Hi, I'm Ken Thompson. <laughs> it's so big here. Well, I'm just <laughs> telling you, I'm Ken Thompson, and I was 2-0 last week. These people underestimated Central Florida, and they came in for KT, so I am now sitting at 9-6, and plus 580 on the year, RJ. Yeah, I went two last week, down 400. And I got to be honest with you. We're reaching an interesting territory here. It's the, the question. Obviously, I'm at a disadvantage in college. I don't know college. But, Fez, let me get your advice here because... One of my bets last week was Cincinnati plus seven and a half, no juice, even money. Would the line close? 6.9, meaning the line, if you wanted plus seven, you couldn't get seven and a half anymore. And if you wanted plus seven, you had to pay a little extra vig at most places. So that means I was on the right side. No, that means you're on the side where the money got bet. Well, I thought this whole closing line value <laughs> was 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 like one of the unimpeachable concepts in sports betting. In the long you, run. You, you certainly have been preaching it for a long time. I, I do that. If you beat the closing line, in the long run, you're going to win. But in any one game, wait, hey, if you had well, a- I understand any one game. I'm saying time <laughs> and time again, I'm getting the best of it. And I don't want to say any particular person with red hair that grew up on a farm. I mean, I'm not going to say anyone in particular is getting lucky. Welcome to Mirage, Mr. Papa Giorgio. But it feels like when I butt heads with Brad, he's always, I mean, is lucking out the right word? Brad's run well, but he's had some great <laughs> handicaps as well. And <laughs> frankly, wow. RJ, how, how are you going to... What gonna, a political answer. <laughs> and RJ, how are you going to win when you look at our best bet records? All of us are winning. So you're looking to hit, punch well, that green button to go against us. Good luck with that with us 20, what, 24 and 9? You know, you know what's funny? You're making a fascinating case because I've compiled and, you know, probably, we'll say, the greatest collection of college football minds in Vegas... I'm suffering because I've got to bet against it. Uh, but I'm stubborn. I'm going to keep going. By the way, you mentioned it. Fez, this right here in front of the world, seven and four. Ken Thompson in front of the world, eight and two on his best bets. Brad in front of the world, nine and three, 24 and nine right here. This is, careers are made from 24 and nine runs for us. We call it Tuesday. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Let's get to it. Showtime. Okay. Like we said, we got the best bets and the Friday games at the end. Let's start Saturday action. Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson favored by all 26 and a half. Only leans here. Let's start with the luck of the Irish, Brad Powers. Yeah, and this you mentioned the line, RJ. I'm going to lean with South Carolina plus the 26 and a half. This is the largest spread in the history of the Palmetto State rivalry between these two. And I think you're starting to pay a premium on Clemson. Why? Clemson's last six games, the Tigers have won by an average of 42 points per game, only one non-cover in that stretch. And that's really depending on what line you got last week in the Duke game. You're starting to pay a premium if you want to back Clemson. Therefore, I think there's value on the other side. Give me South Carolina as a lean. What's keeping you from batting it? 
Oh, you did the research uh, on Clemson's defensive dominance, uh, and, and really on the other side. So, of- so that was uh, I put that out on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Since September, the Clemson defense has not given up a competitive touchdown, meaning any game which they were favored or winning Clemson by less than thirty-one points. <laughs> so they've given up TDs up by thirty-one or more when they have been winning by less than 31 points or losing in theory. No touchdowns since the month of September. It's almost December. Mm. That's a defense. It is. And on the offensive side of the ball, we talk about Andrew Luck in the NFL, not getting sacked the last five games. Trevor Lawrence last six games has only been sacked one time. The quarterback for Clemson dominant in all phases. If this was any other year, Clemson would be by far the number one team in the country. That's interesting. How is this Clemson team power rated relative to last year's best teams, including last year's Clemson team? About three and a half points better than uh, last year's Clemson team and about a point better than where I had Alabama last year at this time. Okay, so let's say this again with a little feeling. This is something we might do a video on, right? Is the idea... And guys, if you haven't seen it again on my Twitter, we've been putting out little one minute videos on the radio show. Now we're going to start doing it on the pod. So let's take two. We'll say though we don't edit on the green preview. All right. I got a question for you, Brad. I'm RJ Bell, by the way, you're Brad powers. Here's my question. Clemson clearly not the best team in the country right now. If Clemson played Bama, this is the weekly question on a neutral, what's your line? Alabama would be about a six and a half point favorite over Clemson. So it was eight and a half like a week ago. Two weeks ago. Oh, I thought it was like eight, eight seven and a half. And you can bet it's seven and a half right now. Okay. So what you're saying is the market, and, and it's an illiquid market. It's not like you can bet a hundred thousand. The market says Bama seven and a half. Brad Powers says six and a half. So have you, do you got a, a ticket in your pocket? Not yet. What are you waiting for? I don't think there's going to be that much difference in the line come game time. So if you had to guess right now, what do you think the line come game time is going to be? Seven, seven and a half. It seems like the public would get more involved the, you know, the day of a uh, championship, most likely game than the futures market and games of the year in Vegas, right? So wouldn't that it'd be a sharper line here in Vegas? Because the recreational batters probably aren't betting that far ahead. Mm. So if anything, it goes up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does point. go up based on the championship games because Bama's going to take out Georgia. Clemson's going to take out Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. But it, but does that, how do you know though Clemson doesn't win 52 to zero? And that seems more impressive. How do you know the ACC is not the most overrated conference in the country? Okay, but but that gets to the handicap itself of Clemson. What would your line be? Ken Thompson, Alabama, Clemson. I'd make it seven and a half. Okay. So, but my thought is, Fez, let me ask you this question. We'll move on. My thought is, if you had to make the following bet, and if anyone wants to press the green button, I would say the following. The line right now at seven and a half. That's the market, right? There's no sevens? No sevens. I think if Alabama plays Clemson, the line is higher than seven and a half on game day at kickoff. I think it'll be lower. Well, press the button. Hey, there's a simple thing here. These are, we call these, these are betting words. You know, you ever hear those are fighting words? Anything you say on the dream preview are betting words if you disagree. 
What's your logic, Fez? My logic is that as slated right now, Clemson will be the number two seed and the Irish will be the number three seed. And I think the Irish will get pounded by Clemson and then the markets will react to that blowout in the final four. So you think somehow, no, like you're still on this idea that Notre Dame is somehow overrated? Who did you have uh, Notre Dame and Syracuse? The, the Qs. Yeah. How'd that work out? <laughs> Not well. So, so I mean, seriously, like at what point... So that's an interesting question, and we'll be talking about that game. So we'll kind of tease that right now. But it, as in, like, w- with Notre Dame, the idea that, oh, they're just, oh, like, we're just going to say they're overrated till the end of time. And, and in fact, let, let's just take 20 seconds now. Like, what could Notre Dame do that, that you would get off of that tired duct tape on the shoe idea that Notre Dame's so overrated? Beat a legitimate top 10 team. <laughs> That's Didn't it. they do that in week one? They beat me. We're waiting for Yeah. Michigan, are they top how many, 10? How many times do we have to see it? Oh, the Irish are back. Remember when they played Alabama? They came in. You talk about money, RJ. They bet the Irish against Alabama from plus 11 and a half down to plus 10. What, what week is this? It's like seven years ago. Six years. You do. You make money going against the Irish when they're having their best years and their biggest games. Bottom line. How's it going this year? It's going to go very well. Thank you. Year's not over. <laughs> Last you year. Realize at the end of the. How much have you lost on Notre Dame this year? Betting against uh, them. So I've lost a couple big bets. Yeah. And do you feel like you're going to make more than that I, in this Clemson? I game? do. It reminds me. So Last you're gonna year, like five, you're going to bet like five times your normal bet. Yes, because it reminds me of the no, Miami. No, hold on a second. Not yes? five times. No. Why say yes to that? Yeah. So let me ask no. again. No. So how are you going to make more money on Notre Dame? Double. So you're get all right. So you're guaranteed to lose money fading Notre Dame this year. Yes. Hmm. So it won't be any change. So we got to look even past the the yearly horizon by the end of the century, or let's say by 2025. Well, I'll be betting against them this week, and then in the final four. Just like last week. You're going to bet against yes. them this week? We might have a green button. Get the green button ready. All right. Yeah. Boy, it feels like you're like, it feels like you're like backed in a corner. You like know, you, last year you talked me out of Miami, Florida. All, all year long I said, Miami, Florida, not you. I, I talked I talked myself out of Miami, Florida, where I said, remember, Power, we said, Miami's overrated. Miami's overrated. And then we finally stopped betting against that team right when they started to collapse. What's he saying? The Irish are overrated. Oh, jeez. But what, what Miami at that point, you could legitimately say last year didn't play any really difficult teams. And when they started to, it was a problem. And they were winning a lot of close games. If yeah, I they remember. were. They a bunch were. of close yeah. wins. Georgia Tech, what, North what's Carolina. Been the, what's, what's the closest Notre Dame came to losing? Uh, early in the season when they had a different quarterback. Yeah, but how close were they? Uh, seven, eight, five. First three games. And then they made the quarterback. Wait, 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 wait. What about nineteen fourteen against Pittsburgh? Oh fuck! But I'm not saying what has the closest margin. I'm saying tell me the scenario. A team can be up ten. Yeah, it was the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh played them tough. Okay, but what I'm saying is, if from what we saw this year, that's an interesting question. From what we've seen this year, if we restarted the season, if we had a time machine, and all the games were played again. And we were doing a draft. So fresh. All games are played fresh. And we were doing a draft of who's going to go undefeated in the regular season. Alabama would go first. Clemson would go second. 
All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame would go third. Now Michigan. Really? At the beginning of the year, there's no way no anybody would have taken Notre Dame with that schedule. I'm saying, I'm saying what we have today, the knowledge we have today. Oh, okay. All right. If we went back, what I'm saying is, it doesn't seem sure. like Notre yeah. Dame even had a game they could, they reasonably could have lost. Yeah, I don't think in the middle of the fourth quarter, Notre Dame was an underdog in any game this year. And I, Alabama. So how can you be overrated if you're in control of every freaking game? And you play, where's Michigan in your power rankings, Brad? They're tied for third with Georgia. So you, you beat the third best team in the country, and at no point did you get lucky to win a single game. And now it's being baked into the line. Everyone knows that. Like last week. Last week was a mystery to me. Why last you, week why was are a, you the whispering? most impressive game from Notre Dame. Why, why are you whispering, Steve? Because I was so wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> like, you're whispering. Because I was so wrong on the Q's handicap. Then, I then, can't. Why not, then, then why not say maybe you were wrong? Maybe Notre Dame's mighty good. But here's the beauty of it. We've got the bat, right? We've yeah. got the bat. Brad, who would you like in that bat? Because here's my rationale. So you have full knowledge. Who is the betting market on right now on the plus seven and a half. Oh, the, the betting market. Yeah. Who is reasonably going to be betting the Clemson Alabama game right now at Caesars right now. Sharper minds are going to be betting that. Exactly. And right. Yep. And who's going to be betting come game day? <laughs> well, the, the Joes. The, about, as Joe, about as Joey as college football yep. can get. Yep. Right. Well, do you think the Joes are going to like Bama or the Joes going to like Clemson? They're going to like Alabama. But slight caveat, we've seen in the last two years that Joe's actually bet Clemson on the money line in that big game. They like, but but, but we haven't had a team that, that that literally people are saying are the bet. When have you ever seen a square betting, a, a, let's say a broad public betting market bet against a team that was being discussed as the best of all time? It doesn't happen. Happen with the Rams every week. Who you think people think the Rams are one of the best teams of all time? Well, they said that the Rams one of the best <laughs> offenses like, early you, in the did, year. Did you do shot? So you're saying weeks and weeks ago they thought it was one of the best offenses. Yes, is that what you thought I said? No. One of the best. So once again, when have we ever seen a team? They're saying this might be an all timer, and the public say, "I want to bet against them." Doesn't happen often. But this is the time. Well, money has come on Clemson, I believe, the last three years when they played Alabama. Am I correct? All three times. And again, it was because they weren't football sexy. It was a team that won, but they grounded out. And now you've got a team that's football. Well, let me ask you a question. Under that theory, if Bama, how many Heisman Trophy winners has Bama had the last three years? Uh, Just one. If you go to the last three. Oh, not counting this year. Derrick Henry in 2015. Okay. And how, or, and maybe another way to say it is how many Heisman Trophy winners? They've never that, had one that, that, that were football sexy as in all a, a quarterback. When's they've the never, they've never had a quarterback win the Heisman. Okay. So, but this year, what's the odds? Tua right now is nearly minus 1,000 to win the, the Heisman. So you got to bet $10 to win a dollar. Yes. So it feels like this is a different football, sexy Alabama. I mean, have we ever seen Bama bet as much as they've been bet this year? Not in the futures markets. No, no, no but I'm saying it. week to week, it feels like Bama money almost every week, doesn't it? No, actually, their lines don't go up. They go down. Well, no, no. I, I'm not saying the Sharps aren't sometimes trying to take, but I'm saying if you look at the public bet splits. Oh, it's 75, 80% every week. And that's the key. 
on a Saturday game, 75 or 80% still can go the other way because of the Sharps. But is that going to be that way in the championship game? Mm. You might point. have a Super Bowl impact where the pros get dwarfed by the public money. That's certainly RJ, I'll, I'll just say this. If Alabama truly is one of the best teams of all times, and Nick Saban says, look, we're going to take the Citadel serious. You could say what you want. I understand maybe being sluggish out of the gate, you're at home, and after one quarter, this team's hanging around with you. But to be tied with the Citadel at halftime, I don't care how flat you are. That's absolutely ridiculous. This is an FCS team that's two games under 500. So for the number one team and one of the greatest teams of all time, trust me, Bear Bryant wouldn't let that team breathe. They wouldn't have got three yards of offense, let alone go up and down the field on Bama. Bama was fortunate, got the kickoff, drove down third quarter, and then got a fumble. So they scored twice in 18 seconds, totally changed the complexion of that game, but they didn't cover. So do you feel like that Bama, in your mind, have you downgraded Bama because of that performance? I did for the first half, yeah, because you have a crowd there that's looking and going, are you serious? Even your coach is going like, I don't get it. This defense is not as dominant as people think, and when they play some of these teams that so the are defense, before them. The defense against SEC opponents had two straight shutouts. That isn't what we're going to go by. We're going to go by. But the, what offenses in the SEC, RJ, are you looking at that you think are prolific? Well, no, no one's saying. I don't, I'm just I saying mean, I'd like to see them go against a Big 12 offense like an Oklahoma or a West Virginia or a Texas or one of these offenses that go up well, and down I, the they're field. They're not going against West Virginia. Well, right. when West Virginia takes Missouri's that Oklahoma. they're not good offense scored 10 points against Alabama. Who did? Missouri's got a pretty no, good offense. offense uh, you already said Missouri has a lousy offense against SEC teams. Okay, you already put up the Drew Locke numbers every week, so they don't have a good offense. Please, they have a good offense against non-conference opponents. There is not one offense in the SEC that can hold a candle to the offenses in the Big 12. Well, yeah, but but obviously there's two sides of the ball, right? It's, sure. It, to me... But you're going to let an option team, a one-dimensional Citadel team, that all they do is run. They don't pass the ball at all. All they do is run, and they move the ball up and down your field for a full thirty minutes to be tied at ten. You got to be kidding me! But can you, you got to take something from that? See, I I actually upgrade Alabama off of that, not upgrade them as in they're a better team. But I believe that it's going to help Bama stay motivated. I'll tell you this, Ken is I think Bama this week. I think well, I guess they got two games. You know, against Auburn, you could make the case, even though it's a big rivalry game, maybe Bama's a little down, you know, energy-wise, where they're not at the fever pitch. But it seems like Saban, with that tied at halftime, has a reason to really crack the whip. No, they lost to Auburn last year. <laughs> Trust yeah, me, they're ready. Yeah, I mean, that's that's their rivalry game. Yeah, but I to me, if Albert Einstein's in a room, and you ask him what 7 times 7 is, and he says 47, there's two things that can happen. One is say, maybe Einstein isn't as smart as we thought, or maybe there's something else going on. Right? Bama, if we, if we replayed that game, and we told Nick, Nick Saban, we would give you a million dollars for every point that you win by, what's the over-under on the margin of victory? Is it 80 77 came to my mind. 77. Fez, if Bama had ultimate motivation for the ultimate margin, rematch last week. I actually thought 77 as well. Wow. <laughs> Ken, what do you think? 
Uh, you know what? I'm just saying it, 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 that's a, I mean, it, well, that's what it's we just do something here. that doesn't make sense to me. That's I mean. what I, and the fact it doesn't make sense, I think tells us there's something beyond that Alabama just isn't good. Like, like no, somehow no, they're, they've been, deceived. they're an outstanding team. They're the best team in college football this year. There's no question about it, but to say they're one of the best teams of all times, yeah. this defense to me is not one of the best defenses no, I, of all time. I, I think you're right. You're certainly right about that. Well, they have to be one of the best teams of all times because they're playing a team that Brad just said, Clemson, that typically has a rating right now that is commensurate with the national champion and Clemson's catching seven and a half. But everything, them. As everything you just said means the market thinks they're one of the best teams of all time. Ken's saying he disagrees with the market. I do. And to some degree, you disagree with the market too, Brad, whereas you think the value would be on Clemson. I do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Ken, you lean South Carolina in this game too. Yeah, it's a rivalry game, and it's everything for South Carolina, and Muschamp will have the team ready. Look, they're banged up, but they still have an adequate quarterback in Bentley and decent offensive players. I think Clemson wins the game, but I think South Carolina will be able to score a little bit. Clemson, again, coming out of one one of the weakest ACC conferences that I can remember. I mean, Pittsburgh already clinches the coastal side Without even having to beat Miami, I mean, this it's it's crazy. I mean, this is this a Pittsburgh team that we all looked at at the beginning of the year when they lost fifty one to six to Penn State and said this team's a joke, and now they're the team that's going to be playing Clemson and they've been running the ball for a couple hundred yards a game. But at the end of the day, when you look at the side of teams on Clemson's half, who's the one team that hung with them and almost beat them in Death Valley? A team that beat them last year straight up was Syracuse. And we saw what Notre Dame did to the Syracuse team. So I'm just wondering. Notre what would Dame's you, overrated. Let me, let me ask you, RJ. What would you make, or Brad, what would you make the line on a neutral field? Notre Dame and Clemson. Clemson nine and a half. Wow. Just that common opponent. When I watched, I watched both those games. I test. Syracuse dominated. Got Who's dominated quarterback by quarterback for Clemson that game? They didn't have one. I mean, to me, this idea, see, this is like the car starts when I'm eating pizza and that's, that's, and it doesn't start when I'm not one time. So, hey, go order pizza so we can start the car. It wasn't one time. I mean, Syracuse beat no, him no, last no, no, year. No, I'm saying, and again, I, who was the quarterback oh, that game? But it's, a, it's part of the team. Who's the defense for Clemson? Same defense that you're raving about. That has nothing to do with the quarterback. Your defense is the same defensive line. You giving up, Brad? Nah, that's fine. We'll see what the line comes out. It's going to be nine out of ten. And I'll you and I at that. And I would take yep. it. All right. And you, you could take it against me. We'll I have will. a green, we'll green button. <laughs> for sure. I will. And you'll lose again against Notre Dame because you just can't handle that your team that you root for is ten times better than you thought they were. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I will say that, and then we'll move on, is I would hate to be Notre Dame because it doesn't see if you would, if I'd say a blind resume that there's a team that's undefeated. And as Brad said it so well, at no point halfway through the fourth quarter were they underdogs. So they not only won, but they won convincingly every game. And they beat the third best team in the country. And they're off of a domination of the AP number 10 team that all the Sharps thought the game would be closer than the spread. And they won by three times this or. 30 against the spread? Yep. If you said blind resume, you'd say, well, that has to be one of the best teams of the last five years. Yeah. But somehow, because they have a little shamrock on the side of their helmets, you've got the duct tape shoe guys like, or not like Fez, we'll just say he's with them on this one saying, hey, I remember back uh, 
In 98, you could, there was a point and a half premium on Notre Dame every game. Which game's the, what's, what's Notre Dame's ATS record this year? Slightly above 500. All right. So what I'm saying is even when they're winning and they're supposed to be a super, they're exceeding expectations even there. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be exciting. Seven, three, and one against the number Notre Dame. Is that slightly above 500, Brad? Yeah. Better than what I thought. (laughs) Let me see. If you were seven, three, and one. I'd be bragging. <laughs> Couldn't you see the following? I mean, this, this, let's be honest. This would be awesome. It'd be like, so Brad, how you running? It's like, ah, you know, I'm not real happy right now. And it's like, well, what's wrong? Yeah, I'm slightly above 500. And it'd be like, really? What's your record? Seven, three, and one. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Could you imagine hearing that, Fez? That's not going to happen. <laughs> Your clients would love it, though. I mean, they'd go, God, what a perfectionist. <laughs> so what made, just let's let's dig in just a second. What made you say slightly above 500? I forgot like, about Did you know you were lying? No, not at all. So you thought, so now do you, re- now that you see that they actually are 70% yeah. against the spread, maybe you need to reevaluate? I do need to reevaluate. You want to do it now? Oh, at the end, you'll see me totally take a turnabout as far as what I think about Notre Dame. Georgia favored by 17 against Georgia Tech and a bunch of leans again. Let's do this one quick. I I hope we have everyone has five likes, right? Yep. I think I remember it's a $200 penalty. All right. We'll start with Ken. I'm leaning Georgia Tech. I like uh, the way the team runs the option, even though they barely won their last game in overtime. At the end of the day. You know, who's Georgia playing that runs his ball like this? So it's a rivalry game. I'm good friends for from a couple guys, uh, Kevin Butler, Corey Allen, guys that played for Georgia, played in this game. They said, you know what? It's one of those games. Doesn't matter about the record. As good as we are, we're going to have a tough game with Georgia Tech. Again, the option is going to be the neutral factor. And if they're able to get on the board in one of those first three drives, I think it's going to be a tighter game. I lean Georgia Tech, but I respect Jake Fromm, respect the offense of Georgia. At the end of the day, Georgia knows they cannot slip up in this game. Imagine if they lost this game and then beat Alabama. We may not have any SEC teams. Yeah, I'm going to lean on the other side. I'm going to lean Georgia. And what I've been impressed with Georgia, consistently beating teams with margin, not just this year, last two years. 21 out of Georgia's 23 wins the last two years have been by 14 points or more, including all 10 this year. So this is one SEC team that I'm not necessarily afraid to lay a, a, a big number. Lean Georgia minus 17. So Georgia, Brad, in your write-up says, last 23 wins, they've won by two touchdowns or more 21 times. Is that the coach's will for margin? What's driving that? Mm. Uh, Georgia's the type of team that they're not necessarily trying to run it up, but the style of play when they're very, they've been very deep in the backfield, two, three guys. So yeah, the backup running back comes in, you know, last year was Sony Michelle, the guy that Fez loves so much. He comes into the game. He's, he's facing a tired defense. What do you know? It's a 75 yard touchdown run. So you see that a lot with Georgia in second half. And when you throw the ball 75%, like Fromm does, he completes 75% of his passes. You see what Drew Brees does up over that 75 percentile. It's hard to beat a quarterback with a running game like that. That's Ken Thompson. I'm RJ Bell. Next game, Boise State favored by two and a half with a little extra vig minus 115. Fez, you like it and Ken likes it. A double like, Fez. Yeah, all about the scheduling spot here for Boise. Three of the last four games at home. If you go ahead and contrast that, Utah State, three of the last four on the road, but 
Let's look at where they were on the road. So what's that about? It's about fatigue? Yeah, because one of those road games, RJ, Hawaii. If there's one road fatigue lasting impact, even though it was three weeks ago, I think going to Hawaii, I got to go to Hawaii myself this year, and uh, I was a little hungover for a while coming back, jet, jet lagged, and bottom line also program pedigree this year. Did you drink in Hawaii? I did. So how many? How long were you in Hawaii for? Five days. How many drinks did you have? 27. So five times five. So like more than five a day? Probably. Wow. Uh, Maybe counting the plane flights. (laughs) (laughs) How many uh, Vicodin? I don't even know what Vicodin is. Percocet? Oxy? Oxymoron? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it seems like you're like into like escapism. It's the only thing that gets RJ through this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm looking at these guys. Their eyes are half. I know it's been a long day. I'm wondering. I think also Boise has the pedigree and we saw that when they were hosting Fresno all year long. Fresno has been as good, if not better than Boise. But you put that team on the blue turf and bottom line. Boise was the better team in that situation. I think the same thing here. If you look at the course of work for the season, Utah State, every bit as good as Boise. But Boy, I this firm- seems thin to me. But I so- firmly believe Boise is the better program. And- so, so, Brad, better program, what does that mean? Well, We're go- not buying stock. We're talking about how good the team is right now. Yeah, but you got a data point that you're evaluating these teams based upon 10, 11 games, and it's just not enough to just throw the past the, all the past out into the garbage can. Well, that's then too. So all we got to do is look at average win the last five years and then look at how they're doing this year and find the biggest differential and bet on those teams? Yes. In fact, this, yes? Has, been, this has been profitable, RJ. If you take the team that was ranked higher preseason, all right, and then look at a bowl matchup, you do great against the spread, taking an underperforming team that was ranked really high to start the year. To go against them, but that's a motivational issue. Could be. Oh, it, it is. It's about finding teams that are disappointed being in the bowl they're in because of preseason expectations. We're talking about a five year. This is like the Allen no, Boss. No, you bet on the team. You bet on the team that had the disappointing year. And that's in the bowl. Profitable, yes. Oh, I, I want to see the data okay. on that. Because okay. I'd, I'd be willing to make a major bet. That's not, I, I'm, you're going to come back and say, well, first, you're probably going to forget. But if you did come back, you'd say, you know, actually, there was one thing I didn't mention there. So does that sound right to you, Brad? The idea you would take the team, what he's saying effectively is they had a disappointing season. And by definition, they would have been a top 25 team if they were ranked to start with. So a pedigreed program that had a disappointing season. Is somehow stepping it up in the bowl game? That goes, wow. that's like, I remember when Miami of Florida, I mean, it's probably been 10 years, went to Reno and was playing, I think they were playing Nevada in they a were. bowl, right? But it was like up in the Boise, like it was way out. Yeah. And like, like Miami of Florida was like two and a half in the game. This is back when they were, it's like, boy, if I, you, that would have been a great spot, home run spot for I'll, Miami. I'll get to the data. Yeah. I'm interested. Does it make yeah, sense to you, Brad? No, it doesn't actually. I don't want to play on the team. A lot of teams, it's all about motivation in a bowl game. I don't care about their pedigree. The pedigree no, actually hurts. I, yeah. It but, actually hurts them in that case. But what he's saying is, a, and, and we'll get into it another time, is the idea that if you have a short sample size, which by definition in any football season is, even the whole season, that if you look at the baseline quality of the team over five years, if the team this year varies from that significantly, that it's going to be caused by an aberration. There's something going on that's luck 
the, the, not the true merit of the team. I Is that a fair that. way to say yeah. it? Yeah, just like when Auburn starts getting put in the same conversation at the end of last year with Georgia and with Alabama, well, Auburn has had played as well, but they weren't as good. So, Ken, double like here. You like Boise. What's your rationale? Yeah, I like Boise State a lot in this game here. First off, uh, Utah State ran up a lot of big-time offensive stats against some of the garbage teams in the Mountain West. A couple of the physical teams, the best defense, a lot of people said at the beginning of the year, Wyoming, they struggled in that game, one of 24 to 16 on the road. You're going to the blue turf. Brett Rippon finally has things going. Allie Madison has been outstanding over 1,000 yards for Boise State. And here's the thing, against Fresno State, their backs were against the wall. They trailed that game 17 to 3, second half. They put together three successive touchdown drives, held off Fresno State. That was huge. That's probably going to be the rematch in the championship game of the Mountain West. This game is for all the marbles. The winner of this game will host Fresno State in the Mountain West championship game. Now, Utah State has 16 interceptions, which is just an ungodly number. Boise State, though, they're a team at home, even though they've had trouble covering spreads. When their back's against the wall, they will come up big. And, oh, by the way, was that sigh you just heard, Utah State exhaling? Yeah, Colorado State threw a Hail Mary on the last play of the game. They ruled it a touchdown first. Then they saw that the guy's foot was out of bounds. They overruled it. The only reason Utah State is still unblemished in the conference. Remember, their only loss of the year, only by a touchdown in East Lansing against Michigan State to open the year. So the noose is getting a little bit tight for Utah State. They're not used to being in this position. And I think it's all going to crumble big time on the blue turf on Saturday. So keep an eye on this one. I'm not going to Huey you guys because we don't have enough data. Only 10,000 bet. But right now, 10,000 bet. Go to pregame.com to get an update on this, actually. Boy, I wish I was in the future and I could do that because I'd love to hit him with Huey here. But so far, with a limited amount of money bet, go to the Game Center. You can see the following. 96% of the cash on Utah State, but only 56% of the bets. So, so far, the bigger bets on Utah State, but obviously only 10K of action so far, this game will probably end up having three or four hundred thousand, uh, but through our sources by kickoff. Brad, quickly, you lean Boise. What's holding you back? Because I think if you compare the two teams this year, uh, they're pretty comparable. So I think it's a fair line. I mean, Utah State. But if they're comparable, Boise does have a mighty good home field. Actually, no, they don't based on ATS because the expectations went through the roof. But if you actually look at their just straight up record, it's pretty good at home. Yeah, they've only lost eight home games in like 16 years. So it sounds like a pretty good home field advantage. Yes, it's just there's been an extreme premium. But in this case, if these teams are pretty much even, think about that a second. You just said the teams are even. No, nah, Utah State's slightly better. Okay. So, RJ, I'll go out on the limb as Fezzik is very good with his NFL lines. I will say that this line, which is under three right now, will go back on the other side and push it over three by the time they kick off. Mm, interesting. I don't see that. So, Brad, I'll, bet, I'll, so, bet, I'll bet you. Right, so, so let's, right. think, let's think, ahead, let's think the about the bat now. So if it lands on three, nobody gets paid. But if it stays where it is, and what are we using? I've got to have it go over three. Are we using Pinnacle Bookmaker? Oh, <laughs> whatever one you, whatever I one Brad chooses. Just, just to make it fair for, because he's making a hell of a statement. He's saying it's moving like a whole point. I think to make it over fair a key for, number, yeah, yeah. I think to make it fair for Ken, it should be Pinnacle because there's going to be more gradients. Pinnacle might be one hundred six, one hundred four. Ken has a chance. I don't think bookmakers going to 115. So if it closes minus three, minus 108 at Pinnacle, does Ken win? What is it 108, 108? Is it a 16 no. cent line in college? I, th- I think it's a five cent line on, on college. A five cent? You mean a 10 cent? 
Yeah, ten cent. Okay. Yeah. No, it's whatever the extra lay price is. So if it's one ten, if it, we were just using a normal book, it'd be one ten. One ten is flat. One eleven. One oh nine can win. So if the lay, if it's three, and you have to lay more to lay it, Ken wins at Pinnacle. Now I still think you got the best of it, but at least that makes it a fair bet. Ooh. Ken. I'm, I'm happy with it. Trust well, I'm going to be impressed if he pulls this one off. I would want to have some of Brad's bet, but I don't want to pile on Ken because he's so ballsy to make this bet. I'm just going to respect it. Any closing thoughts? No, I win. Ken, <laughs> Ken, Ken wins. Oh, you like that? You want to take some of that? Oh, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> what you're thinking, Fez? I think they're comparable teams in that blue turf. RJ, I got to tell you, the reason that that's such a huge home field advantage, my theory, camouflage. Quarterback's yeah, rushed, you know, it's like throws it up for grabs. Oh, there's a safety back there that's blending in with the turf. Senior quarterback ripping, going to have a senior-like effort. You're going to see Utah State. Yeah, I mean, if you're feeling the noose against Colorado State, for the love of God, it's one of the worst Rams teams that I've seen. Came down to the last play. Again, they're very fortunate to stay alive in this deal. What was Brad, that you spread, Ken? 29 or something? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Next game, Florida State. Florida, Florida favored by five and a half. Is this a true home game? It's a, Yeah, it's at oh, yeah. Florida State. Yeah. Okay, so five and a half Florida on the road. And we have, uh-oh, uh-oh. You guys know what this means. Crossfire. And it's a two-on-one. In this corner, their picks often crossover in the NFL. And when I say crossover, I mean they're identical. Brad Powers and Steve Fezzik on the same side. Ken Thompson, a man, he doesn't need a, a man without a country. He doesn't need the country. Because he is so strident in his beliefs. I'm going to let Ken start. By the way, guys, automatic $400 bet. Each of these guys got 200 Auto bet with Ken. Go, Ken. And I knew that Brad was on Florida. And so I said, you know what? I'm ready for a crossfire. And I've been against <laughs> Florida State. You know, I didn't know where Fez was going, but I've been against Florida State. And I figured just about everybody would be on Florida. And why? Because they pounded Idaho, because the defense has showed up a couple games. You know, at the end of the day, Florida State has a chance to keep the longest bowl streak alive. They played a good, solid game last week at home. 21-20, they beat Boston College as a dog. They needed to win their last two games. Now they only need to win one to keep that streak alive. Francois did enough. He still threw two interceptions. He's been shaky, but they've got a good field goal kicker in Aguayo. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game, and I think Florida State's going to find a way to win it like they did last week, and you're going to give me points at home. I'm going to take it. Give me Florida State. Oh, I kind of want to be with Ken, but I didn't love that handicap. What's the what's the core of the handicap? Just motivate. Well, no, no. I, I mean, Florida, I'm, I'm not impressed with Florida. I mean, this is a team that's lost a couple times in Gainesville already this year. That doesn't happen to Florida where they lose twice at home. To me, they, they're just they're, – Felipe Franks is not a great quarterback. This is not a great Florida team. So I think the motivation is totally there for Florida State. The crowd's going to be in there with the chop. They're going to try and salvage the season. Taggart's going to try and survive, live another year. He loses this one. I'm telling you, I know it's crazy. It's his first year. He could be out of there. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So you're saying Florida's underrated or overrated. Overrated, yes. And Florida State's motivated. Motivated. And, and they showed me something by shutting down Boston College last week. Again, this is a BC team with Dylan, a good running back. And Did Brown. BC have their quarterback back? Yeah. Yep. Less than 100%. Dylan was less than 100%. All right. Let's let Faz go first on the other side. 
Well, I agree that Florida's nothing special, borderline top 20 team, but they got to play Idaho last week, so they effectively had a bye to prepare for this game, and they'll be very motivated to beat their in-state rivals. Florida State, you mentioned it, Boston College. Oh, they beat Boston College, not the game I saw. I saw BC stick it to them the whole way in a must-win game to keep bowl eligibility, and Francois completed a miracle late pass at the end of the game that he hasn't completed all year long, RJ. Hold on a second. How can you win the game and your opponent sticks it to you the whole game? BC was winning the whole game. They were dominating, in my opinion. Florida State was fortunate. How do you dominate and and let one play beat you at the end? Well, they did. They let they, they got beat on a long pass play and so Florida State won the game. I'm asking you a question. How can you be in a position to get beat by a long pass play and dominate the game? Dominated is too strong. They got outplayed. Finally. They got outplayed in the game and that's the only game I've seen anything from Florida State. And Remember, this is the team we said oh, new coach, new system. They're going to be bad in September, but they're going to get better the rest of the year. No, they haven't gotten any better. I'm still waiting to see it. They keep getting blown out over and over by top. Whenever they play a top 20 team, Florida is a top 20 team. This is a blowout. And what's Boston College? A fraudulent top 20. Oh, <laughs> so top 20 top counts 20. unless it disagrees with facts. Boston and Brad Powers top 20, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, Florida will drop out of the top 20 after they lose. Brad Powers. First, Ken, I got a question for you. What conference does Florida State play in? The weakest conference of all, ACC. So they've me. been getting blown out in the weakest conference in college football. Which a, is still look, consider it's a, the SEC to be a top. It's a rivalry conference. game. They're at home again. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Are you impressed with Florida, Brad? How impressed well, are here's you with Florida? One thing Dan Mullen was hired to beat Florida State. Why Florida's lost five straight to the North? Has he so beaten them yet? No, he hasn't. Okay, so when he beats him, talk to me. All right, but has Willie Taggart beaten? Florida? I didn't say. I well, didn't listen, say. Willie, Hag- Willie Taggart was hired to take the program to the next level. He struggled this year. Like I said, he's done as bad a coaching job as anybody in their first year at a big school. Here's the beauty. You can stop arguing with each other once the bet's made. So you guys disagree. You're putting 400 on it. And I Brad knew what you were betting, and I've still hey, put Florida he, State up. He's taunting you. That's fine. Get finish your handicap. Well, I think you have a significant advantage here for the Gators, and it's a Florida defense that likes to get after the quarterback. They blitz heavy, second most of the blitz heavy team in the SEC. What is Florida State's biggest weakness, KT, on offense? They can't protect the quarterback. They are bottom five in the country in allowing tackles for loss. Florida's going to get constant pressure on Florida State all day long. Gators roll. Cam Akers, 14 carries, 110 yards. Only against time Boston all year he had 100. Well, yards. it's good. It's the last game, so I feel good going into this game. Against Clemson. Hey, they were flat. at the end of the day, when, when Akers. Look, when's the last time Florida lost two games in Gainesville, Mr. College Football? <laughs> last year. <laughs> last all right, year. all right. Back to your corners. Back to your corners. This is passion, guys. You know they mean it. You know they mean it. You're listening to RJ Bell's. Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Fez and Brad on Florida. Ken Thompson, Florida State. A victim of the infamous Malachi Crunch. We'll see who comes out of it, though. Two on one. I tell you this. I could go either way because part of me, I, I thought the handicap was more. I agreed with the Florida handicap more. But right now, and again, early at the game center, 97% of the tickets or cash, 95% of the tickets on Florida. And the line opened, what, three minus 115. 
So, boy, I wonder where this one closes. What do you think, Fez? Closes higher. Next game, LSU A&M. We got a double like. And, Brad, it looks like you've got a, some kind of correlated parlay here. You and Ken coming together. Coming together. I don't know if you can do it, but here's what I suggest. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> you start, Brad. Yeah, I just think generally speaking, A&M, and I'm, le- I'm liking Texas A&M minus two and a half here. One of the most underrated teams in the country. Here's an A&M team. Has four losses. Are you related to Jimbo Fisher? No, I, I just... I, I gotta be honest with you. He does not get you. much respect. Though. I mean, as you remember how he was nonstop love for Jimbo Fisher? Absolutely. After the Clemson game, especially. No, I'm saying just like no. the last three years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I got off of Florida State. You're like, what's your obsession with Florida State? It wasn't <laughs> no, Florida it was State. Jimbo Fisher. It was. You have but a shine for him. I, he doesn't get the respect. You like the other private guys. jets, $10 million for. Hey, he gets paid. I wish I got paid. I wish I got his paychecks. Go ahead. Uh, A&M, this is a team that's lost four games this season. Let's look at those four losses. One to Clemson. Easy cover for A&M. Could have won it outright against Alabama on the road. Another cover for A&M. And two games on the road against Auburn and Mississippi State that in the middle of the fourth quarter, you probably would have said A&M was the favorite to win the game, but the Aggies somehow lost. What Texas A&M has been consistent at home this year, taking care of business at Kyle Field, 6-0 and straight up, 6-0 and against the number. Here's an underrated team laying less than a field goal. Give me the Aggies. Okay, Ken. Yeah, I'm you gonna, agree. I, I, it's just College Station to me. It's one of the best home field advantages. And when you're laying a low number like that, it's definitely worth taking a shot. And I do respect Fisher as a coach. Look, LSU, they had their shot, and I just don't see them doing anything. After that loss to Bama, and it wasn't just the loss. It was the way they got beat down and really just deflated the whole team. I think they get a decent bowl game. It's a nice job by Eddie O. At the end of the day, this is one of the toughest environments to go into this time of year. If you're flat at all, you're going to get beaten. Kellen Mons has got to do it. So, Fez, you actually like the total. You agree with Brad on the under. Do you think there's a correlation here, or you just like the under? Didn't even think about the correlation. I just like the under. I think Orgeron is so conservative when he goes to the hostile environments. It's third and nine, and he runs the draw. And consistently, we've seen that with road games when LSU plays against good opponents. This might be out of left field. Do you, do you feel like Les Miles going to Kansas affects the LSU? Like, hey, let's really show that we got the right coach. It feels like him being in the news mode. Like imagine you had someone Fez that was on the radio, uh, you know, on the radio, let's say in a really small way. Right. But still on the radio, you know, more internet radio, let's say, but on the radio kind of, and they just hated you. They were like, Oh, you didn't really win your two super contests somehow, you know, some it was Fugazi somehow or whatever. And then let's say that guy disappeared and years went by and you never heard of him. But then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, he just got hired to be, you know, let's say a janitor or something, but he was in the news for it. Like the former guy that had an internet radio show is now a janitor at a local high school. Wouldn't you feel like oh, hired as a sports book director <laughs> and you got to make bets there? I mean, wouldn't you feel like that whatever kind of statement you wanted to make to, to, to continue showing your dominance that you'd be perked up that week to do it? Wow. That's an analogy. <laughs> Let me get back to you. On that. I'm not sure. What do you think, Brad? I don't see it. I, 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 I think so it's think a program I, like Georgia or Tennessee, but it's Kansas. It's Kansas okay. So you're thinking the fact that he 
had to go to Kansas is an, almost like being yeah. a janitor. That's an affirmation yeah. that he was no good. Yes. Ah. He's uh, a janitor at a high school. <laughs> Has to take the bus to work every day. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just saying. All right. Next game. <laughs> so, Brad, do you suggest parlaying the under? No, I don't. I just like both in this instance. I, I don't see how LSU really... Uh, scores on this A&M defense consistently. Joe Burrow's a 50% quarterback. A&M doesn't get enough credit for the improvements on the defense side of the ball uh, this year. They have the highest paid defense coordinator in football, and he's earned every penny so far this year. Much improved Aggies defense. I got to tell you, I love the action. It's not just one-on-one. Yes, it's two-on-one. This time, there's one man alone. He's got a fondue hair. Is that what it's called? A, is it a fondue, like that hair that's so high? What what type of animal is that hair? <laughs> Sleepy, can you get a close-up right now? Let's get, yeah, let's get a close-up. Like, show Fez from, like, the mouth... Up to the top of his hair only. Don't get too close. <laughs> Fez is on one side. Ken, Brad on the other. USC, Notre Dame. Notre Dame favored by 10 and a half. Ken. Here's the thing. I'm an SC fan for five decades, man. I've been to this game several times, and a lot of my buddies go to this game. A lot of those buddies sold their tickets to the Irish fans already. You will see, I think, 40%, maybe 50% Notre Dame fans there. This is a huge game. This is it. Win and you're in. That's it. There's no playoff for an independent team like Notre Dame. Win and you're in. And I think they get momentum with Book. SC, look at their injury report. It is so unbelievably long. It's going to take you about three days to finish it. As much as I love my boys from Troy, I bet against them last week with UCLA. I'm betting against them this week. When in doubt, Helton's finished. USC will find a new coach, and uh, Notre Dame wins this game by 20-plus. Wow. Now, listen, Ken, let's be candid, is very biased in favor of USC. And the fact he's going the other way, wow. I'm thinking about pressing the green button. Brad Powers, you agree with him. Yeah, and let's look at USC against good competition. How do I know what good competition is? When USC is in an underdog role, when they can't out-talent you with their four- and five-star players, what has their head coach, Clay Helton, done in the underdog role? One and 12 against the spread. So when he doesn't have that talent advantage, he's certainly not going to out-coach. Yeah, and he's not going to out-coach Brian Kelly in this one. I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, win one for the coach. We're going to try to save his job. Well, what in the hell has USC done the last two weeks when they could have closed up shop in second half leads against Cal? You didn't want to save your coach's job there. Against UCLA, you're leading in the second half. Didn't want to save your coach's job. I don't see it here. I think Notre Dame punches USC in the mouth early, and it's over at that point. Well, the line opened up. I mean, this line's gone up, 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 huh? Yeah. Eight to ten and a half? Mm-hmm. Faz, make your case. Well, USC got buried at Notre Dame last year. That was a horrible spot for USC, and their injury report was super long in that game as well. I'm sure they haven't forgotten it. You mentioned it. They just lost two games, but they were competitive. They played hard against Cal. They played hard against UCLA. They just barely came up empty. I'm sure I'm going to get the effort out of USC. I'm not sure I'm going to get Notre Dame's Best game. Oh, winning the in. It's oh, hold on ult- a second. Ultra motivated. This is the last game until January. Win and they finish their perfect regular season and they're going to be flat. And they're playing their rival? 
This is why they're not going to be at 100% because of travel. And I'll give Essler credit for this because he kind of foreshadowed this you're one saying. before. He said, here's why. What? Why? Because it's their fourth road game in five games. Even though they're not road games, they've had to travel. They've been to San Diego. They've been to Chicago. They've been to New York. And now they're going back well, to they L.A. They were tired against Syracuse. Let's see their energy in this. Here's the thing, too. When you bring up last year's game, you had Darnold quarterback. You got a freshman now who's been banged up, JT Daniels. The majority of their players now are freshmen and underclassmen. This and is what a very, was the final very last young year team. In South Bend. Men against boys, 49 14. Yep. Yes, it was. And now it's even, the gap's even further in my Way opinion. Way further. Why'd this game open at eight? Yeah, it, it was like eight for like, what, a couple minutes? That got bad up within an hour or two to 10. Yeah, well, I'm going to click on. One of the lines. So you can click in the game center and actually see. And I'm going to go to Bookmaker because Pinnacle has too many little moves. And, well, Bookmaker opened eight. Oh, wow. Eight, eight, eight and a half, nine, nine. I mean, and it all went up. Bookmaker opened eight on Sunday, 258 Pacific. And it was 10 by 520. So it took a couple hours to get from eight to 10. So I'm betting bookmaker plus two and a half in this game. Even money. I'll take my chances. <laughs> wow. Wow. What about USC's home field? Because, I mean, what's the number? Houghton at home versus on the road. Uh, he's Houghton's now lost two games at home uh, total, but they've been those last two home games. After he won 18 straight. Yeah. And it was to UCLA and... Nope. It was oh, that- Arizona State and uh, Cal. Cal. So, Ken, you're connected there. Do you feel like, is this his last game? I mean, this is, yeah, yeah Lin Swan makes a move for sure. So, is this, is that an advantage? Like, let's, let's send him out on a winning note? No, well, he still thinks he's going to be there if he wins this game and he's going to go in there motivated. But again, RJ, this team, they just don't have it. And they got the helmet and they got the team. Look, the Rams are the team in LA now. You're not USC anymore. All right. Well, auto bet. And it was two on one. Action, action, action. Wow. A lot of action. A lot of action. Next game. Oh, this little old thing, Alabama, 24 and a half, hosting Auburn. We got lean, lean, lean. Let's start with Brad Powers. Yeah, I lean on Alabama here. Uh, Archie, you sold me yesterday on the Straight Out of Vegas show that that performance against the Citadel might end up being a positive for Alabama because now finally Saban, after beating Mississippi State and LSU by a combined 50 to nothing, has some data to throw in the faces of his players. See, I told you, if you guys aren't that focused, if you aren't playing every single snap to your fullest capability, this is what can happen. I think you get not only a focused effort because Alabama lost to Auburn last year, but that first half performance against the Citadel also comes into play here. I know Alabama's got Georgia on deck. But they keep the foot on the gas pedal here. And finally, Alabama has an offense that can keep the foot on the gas pedal. Roll Tide, minus 24 and a half. Hmm. Now, here's the question. Can you lean Bama also? And you're a Bama skeptic. So that tells me there's something about either the situation or Auburn that you don't like for Auburn. Yeah, I don't like Auburn. I don't like the running game. I don't think Cam Martin's anything like Kerryon Johnson was last year. And that was the... Uh, you know, the equation there to beat Alabama last year. And again, when Bama loses to a team, trust me, the next year, Saban's already got that sucker circled. Plus it's in Tuscaloosa. And you're right. Based on that first half, as flat as they were against Citadel, 
they're not going to be flat in this game. They're going to take it right there. And I think Stidham and the guys are going to be under pressure all day. I expect Bugs to have a couple sacks. And once they do that, this game's going to get ugly. Again, 24 and a half in a rivalry game is the only reason I stay away. But I expect Bama to roll and win somewhere between 20 and 27 points. So, Fez, you lean the other way. So you obviously don't want it in your pocket. But other than, oh, there's just a premium on Bama, is it that simple or is there another reason? I think there's lots of stuff going on here. I disagree with Brad when he says they're going to keep their foot on the gas. Why? Why would you keep your foot on the gas when Tua has shown that he's mortal and he's getting banged up in all these games? I think they get up big. I like the first half bet on Alabama, especially because... So so let's talk about that. So it obviously lost against Citadel, right? (laughs) And then some. All right, but... To me, if anything, it gives it means it's an opportunity here because the people that's been letting it ride, or at least psychologically just betting it every week, might back off. Do we have a number yet? No, we don't. And what, 14 and a half for 14 and a half is what you get. So you like it at 14 and a half? We'd love to get the four. Love it minus 14. Oh, well, I'd like, like it. Pick it my, like it minus 14 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you would have pushed with, against the Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Is boy, I wonder what the odd. That's interesting. What would the uh, what odds would you give me if I say that I won Citadel plus one in the first half last week? I mean, would you uh, wow twenty to, to win? No, two hundred to oh, one. Yeah. Thirty thirty eight wow. point first half. Hey, even more. That's Lester City 42. written all over they it. Close forty two. Forty. It was forty two. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I swear it should be a thousand to one for Bama. Even money. I mean, basically minus one first half against the Citadel. I think the odds at wow. halftime would have been a lot longer shot than even with three minutes left because you could see them down six, and it's just like we don't want to go and, and, and go score like they're playing with kids. How about this, RJ? With Alabama up three late first half, what were the odds of? Citadel, even money. I mean, or, or plus the three or two and a half or whatever. So in other words, taking them to cover the first half while they're down three and they get it tied on the last second field goal. I mean, that's uh, just the odds on that. You know, RJ, you bring up a great point though. What about this game made it so variable? And I would argue, you know what? If you're going to take these alternative lines, like real big outliers, option teams are excellent underdogs for alternative mm. lines. We think back meaning, to... Meaning high variance result. Right. Oklahoma Army, because of the yeah. Citadel... Again, and especially if you have a huge dog because the option slows the number of... Or lessens the number yeah. of possessions, and, and, too. And you basically gain two yards per play, three yards per play... Four or five. And if you're picking up four or five, you're running out 14 play drives. Fast steps up. You know, my mom's supervising the podcast in from Ohio. Longtime 30 year history teacher. So I'll tell a quick history story to answer your question. 30 seconds, 40 about why Bama is going to want margin. And I've told this once before. There's a great general named Hannibal, right? We Hannibal Lecter, obviously, we've heard of. And he was, uh, I don't say that it's Carthaginians, or I should be able to pronounce it, but there was a you know culture back then, a civilization. And then Hannibal was with them, and then there was the Roman Empire. And for like, I think it was like 20 years, Hannibal was in Italy, you know, at least the boot as we know it. Uh, it wasn't Italy at the time. And the Romans couldn't do nothing about it. They controlled pretty much the world, but he had his little army or his army, relatively little, I guess, compared to the whole Roman army. And 
they were just going around. Imagine like a, like a Nazi group or some anti-American group that literally for like 10 years is like, uh Oh, they're heading to Boise. And like, we couldn't do anything about it. Right. Well, obviously technology, you know, makes it easier to handle it now. And they hate, I mean, there was a famous phrase they used to tell the kids, the Hannibal's at the gates because they all lived in cities that had gates or whatever. And it was like to scare him, like get to bed. Hannibal's at the gates. He was around so long. Amazing. He was a great, a genius general. One time he was fighting on the sea and he had snakes in, in wooden boxes. And when they went to fight, instead of sending cannons or whatever, they threw wooden boxes of snakes and then all the people were jumping off the boat. I mean, it was that kind of stuff, you know, obviously a long time ago, but finally, like 200 years later, they conquered this civilization and where the capital was, they actually burned to the ground and then they salted the earth because they didn't want anything to ever be, or at least in the recent future to be built there because they wanted to literally stomp out the memory that the Romans could have ever been somehow one upped, even though they won ultimately, even though the Romans never really lost the fact it was a tie for a while. That'd be like the U S like bombing Vietnam off the face of the earth, because we don't want to remember that we tied that war. However you <laughs> want to think about it. that's how the Romans thought, right? That's how Nick Saban thinks. He wants to punish Auburn for beating. He wants them to think, we don't want to win next year because he'll do that to us the next year. <laughs> think of what did they do with Johnny football, right? A&M, it was like in the weight room, that game was on repeat. I, I Let's just say this. If you're betting that Nick Saban isn't petty, that you're betting Mick, Nick Saban doesn't want to hurt emotionally, then you're making a bad bet, I think. Yeah, that's a great point, especially the one-loss season. Surely Alabama wants to salt the earth as you will. Scarface on repeat. Constant, y'all. It's true. Next game. <laughs> Ohio State, Michigan. Ooh. Let's hear from our boy Dave Esler. Wait a minute. This is a best bet already? So wait, we got best bet. Best bet. Oh, best bet. And then one more Friday game. That's a home stretch. First, the one and only commercial break. Yep, true car, old friend. Only commercial on the College Pod this week. Every car comes with its share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date the luxury package you got after a big promotion or the mileage you save by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions, navigation, moonroof, Watch as they bump up your value. High mileage, you already knew it was going to cost you, but now you can know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. Wow, 
That's strong, actually. Boy, let's hope you don't get on such a losing streak. You need to do that. But it's nice to know you can. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Cash Offer, not available in all areas. And like I say, if it's available in yours, take advantage. All right, everyone, let's let's let our boy Dave Astler. He's going to be in town here in a couple weeks. Oh, the green button action. Oh, so much action. This is his best bet. I'll be interested to see who he's got here. I've got a few theories on this game myself. Best bet this week, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Can you throw stats and trends out the window in these games? Maybe. But I can't ignore the fact that Michigan has not allowed more than 21 points this season, and they're number five in points per play. However, the Buckeyes' pass defense is 13 in opponents' pass completions, not too shabby. So I look for a low-scoring game here. Ohio State hasn't been an underdog for 51 straight games. They have to know that. So in that case, I think stats are somewhat less important. I always think history repeats itself. Last year, Michigan lost to the Badgers, then Ohio State, then their bowl game. The year before, lost to Iowa, Iowa State, and their bowl game. They don't finish well. For the last five games between these two, the spread matters, and I think it really matters here. I think this comes down to a kick. Either way, I love Ohio State plus four points over Michigan. Wow. I didn't even notice. We got Dave from Florida and sconched. On the Buckeyes, but when it comes to the boys here in Vegas, yep. Another crossfire. Yowza this time. With all the college knowledge, Brad Powers against Steve Fezzik. So we got Ken, or I'm sorry, Dave Essler on Ohio State. Let's start with the other Ohio State pick. Brad Powers. Yeah, I'm taking Ohio State here. Are you kidding me? This is a Michigan team that's playing with the... Michigan has all the pressure in the world on them. Why? Harbaugh, 0-3 already against Ohio State. A Michigan program, 1-13 against the Buckeyes. Really, 0-13 because you can throw the one win out the window. Luke Fickle was coaching the Buckeyes that year. When Tressel and Meyer are coaching the Buckeyes, 13-0. and And now, not only is Michigan... Looking to win. I mean, the expectation is Michigan to get some slight margin against the Buckeyes here in Columbus, where Michigan hasn't won since 2000 when Cooper was the coach for the Buckeyes. Oh, I don't know, man. And on top of that, Urban Meyer, home dog. When's the last time that's happened? Oh, yeah, it hasn't happened at Ohio State. Hasn't happened against Florida. In fact, you got to go back to 2003 at Utah. Last time Meyer was a home dog. Give me the Buckeyes plus the four. They win the game outright. Wow. So let me ask you a question. I'm getting the my green. It's time to pick on Fez. Let me ask you a question, Brad. What is the most? I don't want to hear about margin. We know Harbaugh is a bully. What's the best team that Michigan's beat? Penn State. And where are they right now in your power rankings? We'll let Fez start his handicap. Love Michigan here. As far as Michigan never beating Ohio State, well, just two years ago, I don't know if you saw this game. I saw it. 
I saw Michigan win the game against Ohio State and the refs take it away from them when they stopped Ohio State on fourth down. RJ, you know they didn't get that first down. And somehow on instant replay, they gave the Buckeyes the first down. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy, but Ohio State, higher ratings, more money for the Big Ten. So what you're saying is you're betting against the team that you think that the powers to be want to win. Hmm. Two years ago, Michigan wasn't nearly as good, and the Buckeyes <laughs> were way, way better, and Michigan still had them beat. Oh, I don't know. Is that the, at Ohio that can't State? Can't be your handicap here. It's not. Michigan's been so rolling. They've got. To they've, to they've got tons of energy here. They haven't had a close game in forever. Meanwhile, what what has happened to Ohio State the last four games? Well, they got rolled by Purdue. Then they struggled against Nebraska and only won a close game by five. I'm not saying there was a chance they're going to lose, but it was very close. They had a misleading blowout win at Sparty that was very close for much of the game. And finally, (laughs) the overtime game, they go on the road again. So they've been at Michigan State. Then they go to Maryland. The eye test, I've watched every one of those games. This team stinks. This team is overrated. This team is not a top 20. This team is a borderline top 20 team against a legitimate top five team. They're going to get killed. Michigan's going to win this game by 14 points. What was that? The best team Michigan's beat? Yeah, Penn State, 13. And, and let, you got it Penn sounds, State the 13th best well, team right now? What else are you going to put? I mean, there's so much average in college football this year. I mean, the teams behind them, Auburn, Washington State, Texas, A&M. I mean, there's a lot of mediocrity in college football this year. So you think Penn State's better than Washington State? Yeah, by half a point. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, Washington State's not even a field goal favorite at home against that overrated Washington team right now. But you guys just throw around words that overrated this. What was the high state's game against? Uh, what was the margin against Michigan State? Substantial. But 20. Somehow, 20. That's not, that wasn't a nice win, though. It was a fluky 20. <laughs> I can. You lean this way. Oh, you lean on Michigan. I do. I lean on Michigan, and and I respect the horseshoe, and I respect Ohio State's dominance at home in this rivalry. Otherwise, I would take Michigan. If it was an even-up game, I may even take Michigan. I like the running game. What I saw from Ohio State's defense last last week against Maryland was an absolute joke. I mean, but somehow, some way, they've pulled out these games. They've found ways to win. So I give them credit there. You look at Michigan State and Michigan. What has Harbaugh not done? He has not beat Michigan State, and he's not beaten Ohio State. He dominated Michigan State in East Lansing, held them to 95 total yards for the game, 21-7. That score should have been 60-7. I think Michigan's good enough to win. They've got to get some confidence. Real blow to Ohio State not having Nick Bosa, not even thinking that he may be coming back because I think just even thinking there was a possibility of this guy coming back gave them the incentive that we keep going we get to the playoff Bosa comes back we're going to be that dominant D and I really think Ohio State's defense would have been one of the best in the country if they had Nick Bosa but right now Winovich is questionable for Michigan and that's what's keeping me off this game this guy's 58 tackles one of the best defensive players they've got Gary they've got Bush they've got Ross they've got good players and Shea Patterson's the X factor if he tucks it under and runs at the right time Michigan wins this game if he makes mistakes and turns it over Ohio State will take advantage like they did and something I did see from Ohio State the last Last two weeks, which I have not seen, and that's Dwayne Haskins run the ball a little bit more. That is key. If they would do that, this guy could be dangerous. He's a very accurate passer, but he's been one-dimensional almost the entire season. But I like the way that at least now they're putting deception in there to make you think that maybe this guy will run. And so with that X factor, keeps me off Michigan. I'm just looking forward to a good game and watching these two guys duke it out. Okay, so crossfire, auto bat. Fez, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'll take Ohio State on the money line. 
Now, right now, a no big money line is about plus 170. You can take a look. And, you know, so it would just be uh, a normal bet, 200 to win, I guess, what, uh, 340. And you get more action. You're saying they're going to win by 14. This is going to be easy. I don't want it because if it is very close, I've seen Michigan lose these really, really close games in the past. That's interesting. It's the same way I was thinking. Hmm. Okay. But you would still, I mean, in that case, though, Michigan win or lose those close games, you're not going to cover. So it sounds like you don't even think they're going to cover. No, I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to well, win. Then big. why not want the money line, the extra yeah. action at no vig? Because if are you betting this game because yourself, if the game was like t- a made up bet, they, no, I'm betting if the game. So was, why wouldn't you want this no vig? Because if action? the game is tied with five minutes to go, even though Ohio State's the underdog, you know, I I've think Ohio fear. State wins. I've I've seen fear in his eyes. I'll, I'll just take the normal bet. <laughs> I mean, I just saw him back. I mean, it was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Here's two factors. And I've been saying this all year. Has Michigan played a team with a top 10 defensive speed? If we just rank the top 10 defenses for speed, mm. I don't think even close, right? I mean, who would, who, who's the Notre Dame? Notre Dame, maybe. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Have they beat? No. No. Okay. Isn't it interesting? Notre Dame top 10 defense and speed. How did Michigan's offense do? Not well. 10 he, points. Take out the 99-yard kick return touchdown. First game for Shea Patterson. Oh, there you go. So here's the thing. If Michigan can physically bully, they're just going to do it old school Woody Hayes, and they're going to win by as, ma- as many points as, you know, or, or uh, Harbaugh is going to bully. He smells. But... Against the better teams, what do they do? They have a good defense, Michigan, right? And they've got the playmaker, a fast quarterback. And what ends up happening oftentimes? Breaks a run here, breaks a run there, a broken play pass maybe because he's scrambling in the you know in the pocket. But against the team, I mean, like how does Michigan score? That's the question. Not that they're not going to score anything, but they put up a lot of points this year. And the Ohio State defense isn't great, but they're fast. So either Michigan's just going to bully Ohio State. I don't think that's going to happen. No. And I don't think they're going to run away from Ohio State. The way you beat Ohio State, it seems their defense is the classic pro passing attack that Ohio State just isn't as good as we thought they might have been without Bosa or whatever. But Michigan, for Michigan to score, they either got to physically dominate that's not going to happen because Ohio State has better players. We know that. There's a reason the line was not. What was the line? Nine in the preseason on this game? Yeah, and that's a strong point. You got two teams. Ohio State was eight or nine, and both teams are 10 and one with the winner going to the Big Ten championship game. Have they really changed 12, 13 it's, points? It's, it's Fezzik got caught up in all the bullying yeah. that Harbaugh's done. Like if, if, if oh, I think you're you're being naive about this Ohio State speed against Purdue against Maryland. Maryland put fifty points on this team. This defense is bad for Ohio State. How many new players did they have? How good was Ohio State last year? Where were they last year? Don't recall. You don't you don't recall what Ohio State was last year? You don't recall they had two losses and that we were. I don't know what number they. I've, yeah, top four at yeah, the end of the yeah. year. But to me, their defensive line last year. In the last several years, Ohio State's been one of the top two or three in the country. This year, without Bosa, they're not getting any pressure on the quarterback, RJ. It's, it is a lot different. No, no, but what I'm saying is what has been the change from last year? How many key players are different? 
About half on the defensive side. No, no, I'm saying for the whole team. Oh, for the whole team? You're saying you're saying they lost like five or six seniors? Oh, well, a lot of guys left early. Oh, okay, but they lost five or six guys on defense. Yep. How many guys on offense? Not that many. I think they had eight returning starters on offense. Yeah, and they've got five receivers back that are dynamite. So how many, how how could you be a top four team last year, lose some defense? And no doubt they're not as good on defense. But even if Ohio, where do you get Ohio State in the power rankings? Seven. So what does your pure power ranking say this line should be? Michigan won. Wow, you love Michigan. Yeah, I mean, my power ratings have not been lower on Michigan. And, and, and this, to me, screams overaction the last week. Because my power rating was right on each of the last couple of Buckeye games and been right on a lot of the last couple of Michigan games. And this is the first time there's been anything more than a point difference. And it's three, three and a half points. Brad, the only thing that I'll say is that remember when Purdue put up that 59 spot on Ohio state and we all thought, okay, 49, 49, 49, 20. And we're thinking, wow, this Purdue offense, they got it rolling. Purdue offense has done nothing against some of the other tough defensive teams in the Big Ten since that game. So I kind of. This is back to what Fezzik's saying. If we take, this isn't the last five years baseline for Boise. We're saying pretty much this team, other than eight, you know, eight of the 22 guys gone and replaced by five star, the worst they're going to be is really B plus player. The worst, if you look at Ohio State's, all the defensive line guys that had to be replaced. The worst you're going to get is B plus talent, like I, top twenty. So if you have, let's say, two thirds of the team is top four from last year, and one third of the team is top twenty, that comes out to seven, eight, nine, ten. Should a ten point, should the tenth best team in the country be getting four at home against a rival? Yes, if you're getting, if you're giving up forty to Purdue, Nebraska, and Maryland, like three of your end. last four. If if these guys are so good, RJ, how are they giving up forty to to mid level teams like this? Three of the last four weeks is is is, is a, I a think motivation motiva- issue. I mean, what else could it be? I can't explain it. They're terrible. <laughs> that defense has been horrible. Uh, here's what I and that's my last piece is the idea that Urban Meyer, you know, Colin Cowherd said Urban Meyer's gone at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. He's got con- I mean, he doesn't say I can tell. And I, he didn't tell me this personally. I can tell when he's got a contact he can't reveal, but he's highly confident. If it is, think about it. You wake up and say, this is Michigan. We haven't lost to them in this long. And oh, by the way, if we win this game, we're in the playoffs. And even if we lose the playoff game, we've had a, you know, that's a successful season to make the playoffs. Well, that's that's I, the thing. Don't overlook Northwestern either. So Fez is right. Against Ohio State? Well, I hear you. Fed, I mean, I guess against anyone with Northwestern should have beat Michigan. No, I mean, I, is that right? They right, Brad? They were up 17 nothing. 17 nothing. They lose 20 to 17. But it was 17 nothing, Northwestern. Michigan dominated the game, but they were losing 17 nothing? Yeah, after the. How does that happen? It was 17 nothing, like in the first, in the late first quarter, early second quarter. After so, that, so Michigan, Michigan dominated the final three quarters. Yes, that's right. The final <laughs> score was 20 to 17, Sorry. RJ. I pulled a Fezzik. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, guys, let's do less of that, not more. That's the beauty of it. We don't have anyone judge. There's no one here with judge. The East German judge gives a five six. We're here to get to the truth. And if you, if, and if anyone does, says anything they don't believe for a fact, then we're not getting to the truth. Right. All right. I think my last point on this would be this. I think Fezzik's right. Obviously, Ohio State's results are shockingly bad or shockingly underperforming is Ohio State. So it's one of two things. 
it's somehow they're that bad or it's motivational. And I don't think you can make the case that somehow they're that bad because they have too many guys back from last year. We talk about the baseline of Boise over five years. We're talking about two thirds of the team coming back. It was the fourth best and they're all a year older. This is just guys look with half an eye towards the NFL. But if there's any game they're going to get up for, it's this game. RJ, and again, Shea Patterson, this is his first game in this rivalry. Oh, Ken's coming over to our side. And Haskins last year has experience in this rivalry. Yep. He was on the road in Ann Arbor, down late in the game, and rallied the Buckeyes. I do think Michigan, though, the, if Winovich is 100%, I mean, Gary and Bush and Winovich, that threesome there anchors a much better defense. There's no doubt that Michigan has that. But again, Patterson's first game. That's why I'm staying away to watch it. It's time. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Brad Powers, first up. Yeah, we're going game number 193. We're taking Stanford. Best bet, minus six and a half. Stanford over UCLA. And here's the handicap here. Stanford. Actually fortunate to get an unscheduled bye last week against California. That big game was postponed because of the wildfires going on. But little did a lot of, at least the market knows that that really greatly benefits Stanford. Why? Because two of Stanford's best players have been less than 100%. Wide receiver and All-American Arcega Whiteside and Bryce Love been banged up lately. That extra bye week should help them be and both are 100%, at least for this one, they're not even on the injury report on top of that. What happened with UCLA last week? Got their big win over their arch rival, probably an exhale of relief. That's the big win. I mean, UCLA doesn't need to win this game. It's been a successful first season for Chip Kelly. Why? You beat your rival. You showed some improvement at the end of the season. One thing UCLA hasn't done well in the last 10 years against Stanford is play Stanford well. Stanford's 10-0 and straight up. 9-1 9-1 and against the number last 10. It's a Stanford team that found themselves in our previous last game before the bye. I think Cardinal are, are trending in the right direction. UCLA, I, I don't know if they're very motivated here, RJ. Give me the Cardinal off that bye, minus the 6.5. Ooh, I kind of like that. Minus 120 right now on the 6.5. Okay, any quick thoughts on this one? I agree with them 100%. Is a great, great analogy there. And All right. extra, the extra week of preparation to focus in. And you know, they watch that USC UCLA game, extra uh, motivation there for Stanford to take care of business. All right. Keeping up the pace here, a couple games left and their best bets. By the way, on this one, Fez, you got a triple like it's Ken agrees with you. And Esler agrees. Washington, Washington state, Washington state at home, not as good as Penn state. Some would say favored by three. Yeah, I'm on Washington State, and it's all about, in this game, Washington being overrated all year long. We identified this early. It happened, remember when they lost to Auburn, and we're like, well, it was a close game, and they could have won? Well, Auburn, as it turns out, isn't very good. So throughout the year, I don't really understand why Washington's quarterback play has been so subpar, but it has been. The eye test says this is a borderline top 20 team. So even if Washington State is only number 13 as they are in Brad's numbers I still think we're getting the slightly better team and I love the swagger of Washington State they had the game day come to them this year and that 
the crowd has rallied behind this team more than any year I've ever seen that as far as home field advantage. And now it's little brother who's gotten pounded by this team four straight years against big brother, but they're roughly equal this year. If not, little brother's a little bit better. It's time to make up for those years and years of domination and Washington running up the score. Wazoo gets the win. Brad, what's Washington State's home field? Three or three and a half? Uh, three and a half this so, year. I would say three and a half this so year. So this line is saying Washington's better. Yep. Do you agree with that? I have Washington slightly higher in my power rating. Wow. All right. Can you agree with Fez? You know what? And I had Washington circled on this game as a like. I talked to Lincoln Kennedy, former UW offensive lineman, now color commentator for the Raiders. Talked to Link last night. He was not confident that Washington goes into Wazoo and beats the Cougs. He said he despises the Cougs. It's the one team he doesn't like, but he does not feel that confident with this Washington team because the offense has struggled and they've struggled to protect the quarterback, Browning. Browning, not that mobile. Wazoo, plus 24 in the sack department or whatever it is. I mean, they're very high up there as well as on the turnovers. They're on the plus side. Washington on the negative side on both of those. Gaskin's going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to shorten the game and try and gut it out. But Wazoo, so wide open. The only defense they really had trouble with was Cal. Cal secondary, I think, collectively a little bit better than Washington overall. Ben Burkirvin's the main guy for Washington. Stay away from the middle of the field. And I think Wazoo has a major speed advantage with their offense. I think Wazoo gets the ball, gets it out to Borgie, gets it out to Williams, and then ends up going down the field and uh, hitting Patman, a big-time fast receiver, and they open things up and they roll in the Palouse. Okay, another agreement Washington State. Here comes a third, Dave Essler. Washington, Washington State, and lots of times we look at what's not factored in, and I think this time of year, not a lot. Oftentimes, it's simply who wants it more. I think that's Washington State. They haven't beaten Washington since 2012. If that weren't motivation enough, consider this. They're currently ranked ninth in the CFB poll. Alabama beats Georgia, West Virginia beats Oklahoma, Michigan loses, and LSU loses at Texas A&M. Lo and behold, who's fourth? Out of the question that most of them lose? Probably. But don't tell them that. You know I love my defense, and although the Huskies come in with a big name on defense, it's Washington State that actually has the better defense. They're 10th in the nation in third down conversions. Washington State is fifth in sack percentage, and Browning will take a sack. He's been sacked 19 times this year, only seven for Minshew, and almost twice as many pass attempts. The Huskies vaunted defense, well, they're 115th in opponents' pass completion percentage, and this is not the team you want to be playing if you're not going to do better than that. The line says these teams are essentially even on a neutral field. No way. Like Washington State to get this done easily. I'll tell you this. I, I, I mean, right now, and we're taping on Tuesday, right around the college football playoff reveal, we haven't been watching. Washington State is ahead of Ohio State, right? Yep. So the theory is the kids don't have to think a bunch of teams are going to lose. They have to think... The, and plus, Clemson could lose. I mean, you never know. Like right now, Washington State's figuring we're going to win this. If we win this game, we're in. You know, we're not in it as in the playoffs. We're in contention. So I don't even think he, they need to be guessing about losses. They just know they need to win this thing. Yep. Right. Yeah. All right. So, by the way, guys, two best bats left. Fez seven and four. We got his. Brad, nine and three. Ken's next. So I guess we're two in. Ken's next. Eight and two. 24 and nine. 
these guys. And just to be clear, Brad, your best bet? It's Stanford, minus six and a half. Fez, Washington State? Minus three. And then the last of the big three, Ken Thompson, best bet. Yeah, I'm going to take West Virginia at home in Morgantown, hoping it's the first of two meetings against Oklahoma back-to-back. I think West Virginia is still shaking their heads a little bit about the way they blew that game, had a big-time lead by 17 points on the road in Stillwater, but found a way to let it go. That hurts big time. It's one of those games that stings. But again, they know if they win this game, they're in the Big 12 championship. I think they take care of business. Oklahoma... Again, up and down the field, I watched Kansas go last week, and I had Kansas plus 35. I like Kansas a lot in that game. They end up putting a 40 spot up on Oklahoma. When does that happen? I mean, I feel bad for David Beatty. He's on the way out for a name coach, Les Miles, who had some connections there. But I really think Beatty's done an outstanding job with this Kansas team this year. Been very competitive. They've won some games. Should have beat their rival, Kansas State. The end of the day, 40 points on Oklahoma. That lets me know if Kansas is putting up 40, West Virginia and Morgantown, they're putting up 50. And I don't think Oklahoma is going to score that. I respect Murray. But on the road, the musket guy with the coonskin cap, he's going to be firing that sucker off all day in Morgantown. West Virginia is going to roll in this game. Burning couches. We talked about your best bets. How's your your season, your late releases, the best of the bet, best up at pregame.com? How you doing? Everything's going well. 20 games over 500, uh, plus 56.1 units since September 22nd. But I've got a lot of games this week that I like, and there's going to be a bunch of games up there, college, pro, and, of course, college basketball on a roll right now. You're on a roll in college, too? Basketball? Oh, yeah, just hit my last three, and Fezzi and I have, uh, you know, we've hit eight of our last ten. We? What's we mean? Yeah, Ken Thompson's hit eight of his last ten. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 1-0 on the season college basketball, starting very slow, too many und- so under so I'm undefeated. Are you undefeated in college basketball? Wanna know. <laughs> there you go. And he's retiring. <laughs> All right, Ken, you're seven minutes over. We'll let you go. You want to, you got to want to run? Yeah. I got mean, a few minutes. I, I got a couple minutes for the pro games because I did all this. Uh... All right. Well then, okay. We better hurry. So remember that reminds us we got that Thursday only pod out. So check your feed. And if you're not subscribing, you're making a mistake because it's free. Just go to your favorite player, hit subscribe and you get everything sent directly to you real quick. 30 seconds, Brad, you actually lean Oklahoma. Why? Uh, just I've seen the matchups the last four years between these two teams and, and Oklahoma's dominated West Virginia. And this, and that's is- what I'm interested in is the scheme. These are two really modern, advanced offenses. Does Lincoln Riley understand something about West Virginia's offense that they don't vice versa? Uh, I think it's more that they run very similar styles and it just comes down to Oklahoma's got more players. So they run their offense. But oh, they it's got- back to that Wisconsin. We had a game where it was just super physical. Oh, BYU-Wisconsin, yep. right? Is the idea, if they're doing the exact same thing, it's just about skill. Yep. Hmm. Fez, you like the total. I do. I'm going over the 83 and a half, a sky-high total. I'm going to do an analogy here. This is the Rams-Kansas City game in the college ranks. Neither offense, both offenses are phenomenal, and the Oklahoma defense, like Ken said, Kansas put up 40 against this team. He said, well, if Kansas gets 40, your opponent's going to get 50 here, West Virginia at least, and we're not confident necessarily West Virginia's going to win. Both teams get to 50, we go over. And correct me if I'm wrong, in fact, I know I'm not, Oklahoma post-stoops no better on defense. No, not at all. First couple games looked improved. Last three games, not even close. All right, boys, That's this is the first pod. We got Thanksgiving, we got NFL, holidays, well, I'll eat my turkey, but we're not going to miss any bets. Talk to you there. 
Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.